Welcome back to another splendorific episode of Fanholes Sentai Saturdays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I'm not alone tonight. I'm going to be joined by one of my fellow Super Sentai Rangers. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, this is Justin. And we are continuing our ongoing Fanholes Fright Fest coverage this month on the Fanholes Podcast Network, and we're doing an episode of Sentai Saturdays. And Justin has kindly selected two, count them, two episodes that deal with spooky-dookie, ooky, kooky, balooky things, right? And the two franchise uh, series that we're looking at tonight are going to be, and then you're, you're going to have to, like, slap me if I say this wrong, but it's 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 Goggle 5? Goggle? Uh, like, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, it's weird, like, I was like, because they say it so fast, I, I was just like, you know, if you say it like, Goggle 5, you know, and then it, to me it sounds like Go-Go, but, you know, I'm like, but I, I okay. Well, t- see, it's Goggle 5, and then there's a later series called, called Go-Go 5. 5, right? Okay, okay, got it. Okay, so this is Gogol 5 and 5-Man. Those are the two series that we're going to be taking a look at episodes of tonight. I, I think when, when Justin explains the episodes that we're discussing, you'll understand why they tie into Fright Fest. And I, I don't know, do, do you want to go into, like, synopses and, and talk about it, or do you want to talk about, like, the, the actual franchises for a little bit, like, or your exposure to them or anything to start with? I guess we can go into the series a little bit. I mean, I've only watched the first 20 episodes of Goggle 5. I don't know about you. Like, had you seen any of this before I even mentioned it to you? I had not seen any of Goggle 5. I'd seen maybe a dozen or so episodes of Five Man, um, but but none of Goggle 5. I watched maybe the first five episodes and then and then i jumped into the episode that we're going to discuss tonight and then like i said i jumped into the episodes that we're discussing tonight and everything but i mean i i guess the the i mean i, I don't know if this is something i should say for the end or not but but i i cut my my general impression is that you know based on the time frames when these various series were released 
I, I kind of feel like there's a difference between how I would go about watching these. Like, you know how we always have those discussions about whether a show should be binge watched or can mm-hmm. be binge watched. And I, I, I would, I would definitely submit that Goggle five, you know, since it takes place early in the super Sentai franchise, I think, what is it like 1982 or something like that? Like yep. it's not too far off from like say 1979's battle fever J right. As far as super Sentai goes. So to me, I think it's, it's a little less likely that you will, you will get a lot out of binging a series like that. But I think Five Man's like right before Jetman, and I kind of just feel like that's a little more palatable for a, I don't know, an ongoing narrative, or maybe it just hits my my sweet spot of Super Sentai or something, like that range or, you know, era of it, you know, because I feel like I think it was really easy to pick up whether I, you know, even though I hadn't seen the series in a while, you know, it was easy to kind of just watch the characters and get back into it. And, you know, you feel like that would be something that you could probably get away with potentially binge watching as opposed to, to Goggle 5. But that was my kind of initial immediate take on the two series. I don't think I would recommend binge watching either of these. Okay. Like okay. Goggle 5, I... Like, for early Sentai, I usually just watch maybe two or three episodes at a time, and then that's it. Like, I don't, you know, it's like we said, if you sit down and binge this stuff, you're going to be like, oh, did you, I think this might be really formulaic, you guys. It feels like the same thing. You're like, well, no, no no shit. Like, this is uh, meant to be watched, like, you know, Saturday after Saturday or or, or whatever, whatever day it was airing. Like, it's not meant to be, you're not meant to watch, like, 20 episodes in a row and take a nap or something. Five Man, like... I see what you're saying. It's definitely has more modern writing. I think it's also like a few minutes shorter. Like I think Goggle Five is like 24 minutes long, and then Five Minutes probably like 19 or 20. So there's that, and also like Five Man, I think has a quicker pace, and it's probably you know a reflection of the time yeah. and everything. Like they just had like, all right, guys, we got to do this, and the monster shows up, and then we do our bazooka attack, and then to bring on our mech, and then the end. And then Goggle 5, I mean, there is, I mean, I like the 20 episodes I watched, but there are some episodes where I'm like, oh man, this is almost over, right? 10 minutes, like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. my, my, my thing about the Goggle 5, and I, I don't know that there's much specific dealing with this in the episode that we're talking about, but the, the thing, you know how I'm fond of, of saying with Macross Delta, like, I'm like, there's five Minmays? Like, there's five of them? <laughs> like, to me, when when they, they have the computer boys and girls, I was like, uh-huh. I was like, Larry, Larry, there's not just one Dr. Z, there's five Dr. Z's. And I'm just <laughs> like, there's five Dr. Z's on this show. Like, they're all little kid geniuses, and there's five of them. You know, the weird thing about that is, unless they explain it like, later in this series like they never do tell you where the, the computer boys and girls come from they're just like they're there, just there episode yeah. one i'm just like oh, oh, oh eventually we're gonna get the origin of the computer boys and girls club right no they're just always been there I, okay i i i, I kind of wonder man like like i wonder how legit they are because I, I that that's something else <laughs> that i noticed the difference between this because it's like okay like i, I think Part of what you said is true about the pacing of Five Man and things like that. But then also, I mean, 
the context of how they assemble these teams, I mean, Five Man is a family, you know? It's like, it's mm-hmm. made up of brothers and sisters. There's a reason why they're all together. Like, I mean, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you, you might, maybe without the fatherly, motherly stuff of, say, like Reed and Sue Richards, but in some ways it's it's got that, you know, kind of Fantastic Four vibe to it, you know, brothers and sisters and that kind of notion. But... I think with this, the, the teammates, this, this team is assembled by the computer boys and girls. Like, they're the ones who choose each of the teammates. And, you know, there's five of them, and they each recruit one of the team members. And for the most part, I mean, I, I, this is how I took it, but I took it as they're mostly like athletes. Like, mostly, right? Like, except for, except for what, Gogol Yellow, right? Like... He's he's a zookeeper, yeah. but it, uh-huh. to me it seemed like and and even if you you know I mean I suppose you could argue, argue that Gogol Black you know is like not an athlete, but I mean he's he's like a chess champion like like honestly like I I think when they were introducing the characters I thought he was going to be the leader because I thought I thought like mm. oh he's the strategist like he's the the Cyclops or the Dick Grayson, like he, he knows all the ins and outs, like he's going to be able to predict stuff on the battlefield and, and do that kind of thing. And then I was kind of shocked that like, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the frame of mind that I come from. Cause I'm from that school of like, I like, I like cap and Superman and Cyclops and, you know, Leonardo, you know, whoever, I like those guys. I like Dick Grayson to be the leader. I, I've never been fond of that era where all of a sudden they decided, Oh no, Batman and Wolverine and, Iron Man are the leaders, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. I don't know how I feel about that, but okay, you know. And I, I, I kind of felt like Gogol Red is more in that vein, you know. It's, it's kind of like he's an adventurer, you know, kind of thing. It's like, it's like they, it's like instead of instead of having Cyclops lead the X Men, it's like Indiana Jones leads the X Men. Or something. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just seems weird. Like it doesn't. It doesn't quite, you know, make sense in my head, or at least it. it I, I had that moment, that record scratch moment, you know, where I was just kind of like, huh? like, really, like, all right, but that that's kind of, you know, I, I I think, and 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 there there is that sort of disconnect where I'm like, these people are not assembled from from any sense of, I don't know, like connection or whatever, like, so I don't know. To me, it was tough. Like, even though uh, I tried to get myself a baseline for what the show is about, and I understood that part of it, like, I don't know that I ever really got to know, I don't know, I, I feel like it was it was tougher to get to know the the Sentai team in Google 5. I don't know how you feel about that, or if you feel like you've watched more of it, so you have a better understanding of, of who these, these characters are. But I felt like it was hard to get a, get a sense of them, whereas I, I don't know why, maybe just because I had watched a lot more Five Men in the past, I felt like it was like I was an old homecoming or something, like I kind of knew, like, okay, these are, this is the family, and, you know, I don't know, but, you know, maybe, like you said, the writing style and the pacing, it's a little more quicker, so I felt like it was easier to all digest, I guess. I think I agree with you about the Goggle 5 characters themselves, I don't know, maybe, maybe I do need to finish watching the series, but... I, I kind of agree with you. Like they don't really stand out in my mind. Like uh, I mean, I finished watching Dingy Man a while back, and like I feel like those characters were pretty well developed. Like they each had a distinct personality and trait and all this stuff going on. But like 
Goggle 5. And like I said, maybe I just need to watch more of the series, but I feel like most of them are just blank slates, except for like they're, they're just base level traits. You know, it's like, oh, Goggle Yellow, he's the zookeeper. And then the other one's really smart. And then you got the girl and you got the red one. I'm like, well, that being the Red Ranger is not a trait. Like, you need a personality. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it just seems like he, he's kind of gung ho and, and he, he takes risks and he's adventurous. And and that's like the reason why he's on the team is he he basically saves the you know Maxwell Lord or the Professor X or who you know this this kind of figurehead men, older mentor type character and it's like because he jumped in the middle of the action and saved him it's like okay now you're the leader and it's just kind of like all right, okay all right like that's I don't I don't understand that but okay I guess that's why I kind of question the the computer whiz kids or whatever, you know, because I'm kind of like, wait a minute, <laughs> like you're supposed to be little geniuses, but then I'm kind of like, and 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 they even deal with that, like I think in the the series of episodes I watched, where there, there's moments where they question, like, well, I did pick this this girl as the Pink Ranger, but maybe I fucked up, and they're like, no, 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 you you guys are geniuses, you picked the right person and everything, and then they kind of go on, like you know, like we said, it's it's a little formulaic. There's that there's that moment of, of trouble and, and there's, there's an issue, but basically it's kind of swept under the rug or quote unquote resolved by the time, you know, the, the, the 24 minutes concludes and everything. But I, I do kind of, I do kind of question like, well, are you guys sure they, they, they picked the right people for this job? Like, I'm like, why? Like that? I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me. Cause I'm kind of like athletes and zookeepers. And then the, the, the person I keyed in on the most, was the guy who's a chess player, but in reality, he's a janitor. Like, he may be a strategic genius, but he's also a janitor. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just you're sitting there kind of going, well, wait a minute, like, why, you know, is it like a Bruce Banner thing or a, a David Banner thing, like in Kenneth Johnson's TV series? Like, is he just, like, slumming it or something because he's on the run from the man or something? You know, like, why? why is somebody with so much potential you know, like, like kind of, it's like, they seem like they exceed their potential when they're on this team, but it's like, how, how did they, I don't know, like, how did someone know they had that potential outside of their physical attributes? You know, like, like, it's like, oh, well, we know, you know, we know this guy can play hockey, so he's, he's, you know, clearly fit, he's ready to get into the thick of the action, but I'm like, other than that, is it, is it just because, it's your favorite Japanese hockey team. Like, like wh- where was the, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the computation came into it, you know, like, like why, why he above all other people should have been a member of that team, you know, like, and I, I, I can't, you know, it's like, basically you're probably not supposed to think about it that much, but you know, of course I am and we are, I guess, but yeah. So do you want to go ahead and jump into the Yeah, episode? yeah, let's jump into the episode. Goggle five. Episode 19, The Secret of the Haunted House. This episode originally aired June 12th of 1982. And the very simple synopsis I stole from the Morphine Grid, which is the Power Rangers slash Super Sentai Wikipedia, simply states, Goggle 5 investigate a house claimed to be haunted where a boy's father mysteriously vanished. So the, the first thing that like jumped out to me this episode was like I, I like how at the very beginning of the episode this drunk guy is like oh a haunted house I guess I'll get rid of the ghost and I'm just like what, 
what? <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I've been pretty drunk before, but I've never been that drunk where I'm like, oh, a spooky house. I'm going to go chase the ghost just out of the way. <laughs> I don't, I, uh, I don't yeah. know. It just, it just made me laugh when I was watching it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I, I the, the thing that, that I keyed in on when they started that is, like, the, the old man goes in to chase the ghosts away or whatever, and then I think, what, is it, like, the next morning, like, the, the little kids show up to, like, the haunted house? house or whatever and then they they find that one lady and then she turns around and she's got like you know the joker smile and chases them all away and everything like that reminded me i was trying to remember i'm like why why do i think that's familiar and i think the reason why what i was thinking of was there's that episode of battle fever j where they do like the the, the, the scary woman yeah the 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 you know she's got the mask on her face and then they, mm-hmm. they ask if she's beautiful and if you, if they say yes she takes off the mask and she's got like that either glasgow smile or what you know it's, it's supposed to be this sort of japanese ghost story or whatever and i assume mm-hmm. that that's a, a very cliff notes version of what took place yeah. in that scene you know and i was kind of like uh, but I, at first i was racking my brain because i'm like i know i know i've seen that specifically in super sentai before but i couldn't immediately think of it and then when i when i thought about it a little harder i was like oh yeah that was that scene in battle fever j where you know she takes off the mask and then she's got that like hideous you know monster face or whatever it is and everything so i was kind of like oh okay that's that's what that reminded me of and that's i guess you know, I, I you have to be familiar with that that ghost story, right? That aspect of of Japanese culture, because otherwise it would just be kind of like a weird, creepy moment, but not have any specific context. I was I was thinking about this, and the the spooky house concept is something they reuse for, for like a lot of the early Sentai shows, and I, I like I started thinking about it more, and I was like. I guess, like, the haunted house is something that is a part, part of just about every culture. And, like, like for me, myself, like, I remember my, my great-grandmother, Shelley's claimed, like, there was a ghost with a peg leg in the t- top story of her house. And, like, this was not true at all. Like, there was no ghost. She just made this up to keep me from going up there and prowling around because I was a little kid and I liked to explore. But but it worked. Like I was super afraid. Like I didn't want to go up there because I was afraid this ghost with a peg leg would get me. So my question to you, Derek, is: Do you have something like that in your childhood? Like, was there a haunted house in your neighborhood that you know you and your friends were afraid of? I don't think so. Like that. You, you know what that mm. makes me think of? Like, I mean, because. I think if there was ever anything like that, it was some kind of attraction. Like it was never, it, I, I, I don't ever remember being in a neighborhood and there's some old abandoned house that looks like, you know, I don't know, the Elm Street house. And then you, you roll past it in your bike and somebody says, hey, did you hear the stories of, you know, Marshmallow Joe who burned down his house and now he roams in this house and goes, you know, woo, marshmallows or, you know, whatever, whatever the story is, right? There's, the, the, I don't remember anything like that, but I'm trying to think there's a, let me see if I can look it up real quick. I think this is it. Um, Cause there's a, the Winchester mystery house 
is a historical landmark in San Jose. And that's like, when you said that, like, I, I, I don't think it counts. Cause it's not like I, you know, it's not like I was in stranger things and I just rolled up in my bicycle to the, to the Winchester <laughs> right. mystery house. Like that was something where like you go there and it's a tourist thing and, and you, yeah. you, you, you know, you pay and, and it's like a tour and all this other stuff. Right. So like that. And I, I remember like, I, I, what's funny is I, I remember less, like going there and and the distinct memories I have uh, is of all the billboards, like going, come to the the mystery house and kind of going, you know, wondering like, Oh geez. Like, I I guess I was, I was questioning the commercialization of it, even as a young child, you know, kind of going like, wait, like people pay money to get scared. Like, or you you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. I don't know (laughs) that that, you know, and, and I, and I don't know that necessarily it's, it's a little kid thing. Like, you know, but it, at least that was my, simplistic way of, of thinking about it at the time. And, and that's the only thing I could think of. Like, like I can't think of like something where, you know, somebody told a story about a place, you know, I think when we were teenagers, they would tell stuff like that. Like, cause I, I remember there's a, um, here, I wonder if I can look this up too. There's some kind of Canyon. I'm trying to think what it's called. Um, let me see. I don't. Hmm. I don't know. I I'll probably I, I probably can't think of the exact location or anything. Even though I'm trying to look it up because I I don't know what exactly what it's called. But I remember they would tell this story, and it, you know it's the same story. I mean, it's a universal ghost story, but it's like the story of like some lady waiting by the bridge, and then they get in the back of your car, and then. You know, mm, okay. I, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's like, oh, you know, they, they pick up the person and then they, they, they were supposed to meet somebody and they drive them to the the bridge or whatever it is. And then they turn around the back seat and it's like, oh, they're gone and all this other, you know, like that, that, that kind of story or whatever. And I remember saying, you know, people saying stuff specifically about that canyon just because one, you know, there's all these windy roads and all this other stuff and, you know, you know, and, and then the get too morbid about it but it's like one of those places where you figure like this is a place where they would dump all the bodies if they needed to you know what i mean like it's like that would take a while to find somebody or something in in the the middle of all that you know like just because it's like there's there's you know rocky caverns and and all this other stuff where it's like you know that it's not it's not an easy thing to find a missing person in those though that that kind of location or whatever because of where it is and it was always it was always one of those things where it's it's a convenient way to get somewhere like from one area to the other but it's also kind of a pain in the ass at the same time because of kind of how windy and you know quote-unquote treacherous it could be depending on you know the kind of drivers and and the scenario you're in and everything but yeah i mean i guess i don't know those are the two things that immediately come to mind you know, since since you're asking about that kind of, you know, I guess it, are there campfire stories or ghost stories that that got told in my childhood that would be comparable to to something in this episode, like a, a kind of spooky house, haunted house thing. And, you know, immediately I think of the, you know, the, the tourist attraction. And and then I guess after that, like my immediate thought is like one of these, you know, to me, it seemed like it was a generic thing, like like it seemed like. You could tell that story anywhere, but it happened to apply to this one regional location in in my, I guess, teenage years, I guess, I'd say. Well, I was going to say, like, that sounds like Resurrection Mary. And, like, that's, I think that's a ghost story from Chicago. 
where it's basically like you know she's a hitchhiker and you pick her up and then like you drive by, by the cemetery and then like that's where she vanishes and like i i like i remember that specifically like watching that on unsolved mysteries and was always like you mean there's like ghosts that can get in your car and i was like kind of afraid of it like i i yeah it sounds like pretty much like that except for instead of the cemetery i think they turned it into this one like bridge that was along the this canyon windy road path basically mm-hmm. and so you'd always go past it and it'd be like hey look there's that there's that troll bridge and instead of it being a story about a troll under the bridge it was about you know whatever resurrection mary or whatever they called it but you know i i don't remember all the details but i remember that's sort of what they attributed it to so there's a sequence in this episode i thought was really cool and it's it's the sequence where goggle red blue and yellow they're fighting like the dancing skeleton men and like the void like i don't know that just seemed like a really cool uh, kind of sequence in this episode yeah yeah i i, I think like i mean don't get me wrong just because the characters aren't developed doesn't mean they don't you know bring it home on like the action and the i i think the, something about this that i noticed was this series seems to get into the the mecha stuff straight away you know like like it didn't seem like it took like you know five or six episodes for them to you know, essentially, quote unquote, form Voltron, right? Like, like it, it, it was like, you, you know, to me, it seemed like right out of the gate. They're like, what? You got, you know, we got, you know, robots and and, and all this other stuff, and and you know, it's like, if if you need to to beat up the big bad, like, it's like, okay, we're gonna take care of this right out of the gate at episode one. We're gonna we're gonna form the the mech, and we're gonna, you know, blow the hell up out of the bad guys and all that kind of stuff. And I guess speaking of the bad guys, like. I, I do remember kind of looking at the uh, the spot men. Like, I mean, they're they're kind of unique. Like, I mean, they kind of have this camo skin tight mm-hmm. outfit and everything. And I, I enjoyed the design for what it was. I mean, you know, it, yeah, it's kind of spandexy looking camo, but I still thought it was kind of unique in a way. You know, it kind of gives off the vibe that, that it's semi militaristic, and but it's also kind of fits within the confines of the the Super Sentai genre, these kind of foot soldiers that hop around and make goofy-ass noises and, and are kind of like cannon fodder for, you know, your your heroic characters to combat and everything. I guess the other guy who stood out to me that I thought was was better than, say, the the uh, giant fucking prism douchebag in Battle Fever J was uh, Chief Chief Taboo or whatever, like, and to me I was like, oh, well, at least, to me I'm like, uh, you know, he doesn't have a, you know, freaking box for a head or whatever, but I'm like, oh, cool, he's got, like, Shumagorath for a head, basically, like, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah. that's kind of cool, like, I, I liked the way that looked, and I thought it was, I don't know, I I, I, I kind of went, oh, well, there's a there's a big, scary bad who hasn't, like, sort of strutted his stuff yet that I feel like I can kind of respect. So, because I guess he evokes kind of scary in general, whether this is a haunted house story or not, like the, the kind of Lovecraftian looking kind of monster that, that is the, I don't know, the, the, the Lord Emperor over all these guys. I was thinking about that guy. I like, I think some, uh, sometimes his name is translated as Fuhrer Taboo. Mm. Like, that's what I know him as. But, like, I was thinking about, like, how that actor must feel. 
because that's probably not his voice. But basically, his acting job is he has to like stand behind this like transparent thing and put his head up into like this eyeball and then just wave his arms around. Like that has to be kind of a, an interesting acting job, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I I remember being trained to act in masks. You know, when I was in London, and you you usually get the direction of there's a sense of you you need to over exaggerate sometimes because you you can't mm-hmm. just rely on your facial expressions like so you have to communicate with your entire body so i would like i, I would imagine it's universal like, like sometimes i was gonna say like sometimes how like people make fun of like you know the mighty Morphin power rangers with the yeah yeah you know hand movements and everything it's like over uh you know over exaggerated is that like what you're kind of getting at yeah yeah exactly i mean i mean and and then you you, you, i mean sometimes there's not any other way to convey it because you don't you know you 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 can't sound excited like when you're you know what i mean like 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 you you can be excited as all get out but if your your face is covered in the mask nobody can see your excited expression so you, you you have to to sort of articulate it at least so that the camera can pick it up with your with your body you know, and, and so that's that's mm. the thing that typically it, what was funny about it was I think I, I came from that philosophy where, oh, I, you know, I was going to be a film actor and, and you have to be all subtle and, you know, kind of let the camera pick up like, you know, kind of subtle changes and, and, and denotations in your acting. But then, you know, when you're on stage, obviously, you know, depending on the kind of house you're playing to, if you're in a small black box theater, that style of acting probably isn't, you know, that's probably fine. Right. But then if you're in this theater where there's, you know, people in the pews and and, and in the balconies and all this other stuff, you know, like sometimes there is a a little bit of, of exaggeration or at least playing to your audience, right? So that everyone can hear you, that that everyone can see kind of what's going on. And and then if you then kind of limit yourself, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, essentially it's a handicap if you have a, this mask on and everything. And it's the same thing with, with I guess, you know, Fuhrer, um, taboo, right? Like, like he's got, I mean, there's, there's nothing other than the creepy looking head, which is always going to kind of look the same. And then you, you still have to sort of articulate the, he's got to be in command all the time. So he probably has to be kind of standing up straight all the time. You'll notice. And he's kind of got to be at attention and, uh, you know, exude confidence, but then, you know, probably, you know, there's, there's other instances where he's got to be, you know, disapproving and, and elicit anger and shake his fist and, Bound, you know, bang into this mirror and kind of like you know scare everybody and everything like that. So it's like you know there, there's there's certain gesticulations you can make. And usually when we were when we were being trained to do that stuff, I know I was always encouraged. No, no, you gotta you you gotta go more. You know, you gotta go deeper than you know because it's like it, it, it what you're doing would be fine if you were just you know, in a black box theater, but you're like, you're in a mask and you've got to, you know, you've got to exaggerate this so that people can, can understand, you know, like if you're, if you're playing a game of charades and somebody can't see your face, right. Then, then you have to be as, uh, I guess, over kind of, I don't don't know what the right word to say is, but you, you, you have to, to over exert or, you know, uh, kind of, gesticulate to, to get your, your meaning across. And, and if you don't do that, then you, it, it basically, once you cease to effectively communicate to somebody, then, then you fail. And, and, and you know, what's kind of funny about that is 
I feel like that that was something that I ended up using later in life because when it's like it's the stories I always tell about it's to me when someone does not have English as their first language and you speak to them over the phone it can be excruciating but if oh, you yeah. but if you are in person with somebody like when I used to work at the casinos and stuff like that and there's somebody who doesn't have English as their first language and even though you, you, you there there's some communication barrier like uh, you would I would use that kind of overexerted gesticulation you know because then that would the visual would help communicate more than the words they might not necessarily understand every English word I was saying because it wasn't their first language but they'd understand my expressions and and any kind of you know uh, physicalization of of the moment and kind of understand what what that meant as well. So it's like you could you know teach somebody English better obviously in person than you could over the phone. And it's like the the phone is just as much a a handicap as like wearing a mask would be on stage, right? There's there's certain barriers that you have to sort of get through in order to effectively communicate. And that's, that's kind of what it's about, I guess. But, you know, and, and, and then as it applies to this, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I would agree with what you're saying. Like that, that would be a challenge, you know, a challenging thing if, if you were taking the, the, the job that seriously, right? Like, like you're like, oh, how do I effectively exude confidence and anger and, and authority and, and, you know, whatever else is needed from, from pure taboo, you know, in the sequence, right? Like then, then that would be a challenge, right? Cause you know, uh, I mean, unless you're just one of those guys, it's like, I'll just have a smoke break and who cares what, what I come across <laughs> as I got this mask on my head. I mean, it could be that too, but I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think you're, you're not barking up the wrong tree. I think that would be a challenge for, for somebody who, who basically had their, their head in the game as far as wanting to effectively, you know, communicate something on the screen. So shifting gears completely, what did you think of Goggle Blue's weapon, which is basically just a hula hoop? <laughs> like that that's his ranger weapon. A hula don't hoop. don't they all like isn't there like cause like what isn't it like isn't there like a a sequence where they all like hula hoop together and it's like one of their super weapons or something? Like or am I just making that up? Um I don't think you're making that up. Like they, I don't know, Goggle 5, it's like they all have unusual weapons. Because Red, he has a whip, which I guess isn't that unusual. Cause like, that, that's you know, kind of why, like, uh, I was like, that's kind of why I said it's like Indiana Jones, like leading the, the yeah. X-Men or whatever. Because I'm like, what? okay, so he's got a whip and he's an adventurer and... Okay, whatever. Like, like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I guess it was 1982, and somebody was popular, eh? You know, like, so like, why don't you put Indiana Jones in charge, man? You know, it's like that. That was what was going on, I guess. But like, Goggle Red has the whip. Goggle Blue has the hula hoop. Goggle Black has like these club things. They look like juggling clubs to me. I don't know. And then Goggle Yellow has what he calls the Megaton Ball, which is just this. It looks like a metal ball with spikes on it. And then Goggle Pink has like the little, I don't know what you call it, the little ribbon thing that you, that you usually see like people performing with, I guess. I don't know. Like that one's, that one, I think she can also make it into like an energy whip and like whip them. But it's basically just like a little, you know, flimsy pink ribbon. But uh, I know the hoop, out of all those, the hula hoop stands out as like the most unusual fighting weapon. <laughs> yeah. So it says, yeah, it says the black clubs are 
Goggle Black speciality weapon. And then he's got these emerald nunchucks. And then dynamite clubs, I guess. So they, but it's like, you know, what's funny is though, I think, I think the way it works is they all, yeah, they all get to like for super moves. Like it seems like they all get to attack with whatever Ranger's unique weapon. So it's like, like you're saying, goggle blue, he's got the blue ring, right? And, and that's used as some kind of, like staff or something like that, but then you've got the the jet ring, blue ring empowered by the sapphire, the ring spin typhoons, team attacks with five ring weapons, the team throws the rings which surround and constrict the opponent. So I think that's what I was thinking of, the 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 ring spin typhoons. But I think what you're talking about though is the dynamite clubs is the same version of that where the team attacks with five club weapons and they throw all the clubs at them and then it explodes on impact. So it's like, I think, I think that's part of their shtick is like everyone, like, you know, even though like Indiana Jones, you know, goggle red, right. He's got his whip, but then when they use the lightning ropes, it's like the entire team uses the whip basically. So it's like, it's like they all, I guess go with whatever lead weapon, whatever ranger takes the lead on that, then is is like a, you know, the the team attack or something like that. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, is that weird? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is that just? I, I'm like, is that just continuing the tradition of of Battle France? Like, I I don't know. Like, he's got a hula hoop. Like, you know, like I don't, I don't know. I mean, he looks. I mean, I'm looking at this picture of it, and I'm like. He looks like a gymnast, you know, he's like, he, he, he looks like uh, an Olympic athlete, but doing like one of these synchronized dance things, because he's got like one foot on the floor, and then the back foot is like all the way up in the air in the hula hoop, and he's holding it aloft in two hands. So, I mean, it looks, uh, it looks very much like he's trying to be some kind of nimble gymnast person, and then... The, the the weird thing about that though is how does that i mean he's a hockey player right like <laughs> like like that seems weird right because it's like it's funny mm-hmm. the strategist has sticks of dynamite the the guy who plays chess has sticks of dynamite that he just throws in people's faces but then the hockey player has a hula hoop the 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 zookeeper has a giant ball and a hammer, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess trying to make sense of this is kind of futile, right? Like, like it doesn't, it doesn't really, I mean, I, but, but then again, I'm kind of like, well, wait, the red rain, like the, the goggle red is an adventurer like Indiana Jones and he's got a whip. So like that, I mean, I know that's weird, but that kind of makes sense to me. Like, but some of this other stuff, like, I guess, like, what do I think about it? Like, I, I guess I, I guess if you were, if, if it was a leading question and you were leading toward some of this stuff is kind of weird and doesn't quite sink, like, then, then I think I agree with you, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the episode, I'm wondering if you had flashbacks to, uh, when we talked about Sun Vulcan. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Aura Gatler Bice. The final move is, it's like, in this one, it's Earth Sword, Electron Galaxy. You know what I was gonna. You know what I was gonna ask about that was I. I maybe again I haven't watched enough episodes, but in this it felt like like really obvious. Was like I almost was like wait a minute. Do not 
do do all five team members not pilot the the mech? No. So so it's just it's it's blue, red, and yellow. Is that right? Yeah, I'm, per- yeah, I'm per- pretty sure. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, that, I, that, I don't know. Yeah, I don't is know what that, I did. Is that, I'm like, is that a carryover from Sun Vulcan 2? But they, the, like, but instead of the, the support team not being Rangers, they are Rangers? Like, like what, what do the other two do? Like, do they eventually get, like, I don't know, mechs or something to do? But, I mean, it seems pretty I, late I in the run here. I don't think so. Okay, weird. I don't know yeah. that I, I found that strange. I, I expected like when when they got into the console, I expected to see a console with like five seats, and when there were only three seats, I was like, wait a minute, am I did I just make that up? Like what happened to those guys? And I went back <laughs> and watched it again. And I'm like, nope, they're there. They're they're fighting the 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 camo suited you know spot men guys, right? Like so, I'm like they're they're clearly on site. They're they're in the middle of the battlefield. But then when they they uh, launch their their mech suit or whatever i was like okay well but there's, there's nobody it's just the th- three guys in it so i was like oh that's kind of i don't know why i just was like that's kind of odd to me but okay yeah i guess if that's just how how they roll i guess that's just how they do it but i i i found that odd like you know even even with having context of other sentai shows history i just found that kind of odd so did you enjoy this episode? Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy it. I mean, I, you know, despite, despite you know, me saying, yes, this is going to be something you don't want to binge, and, you know, it's one of the more formulaic, you know, Sentai shows, I, I think that's true of a lot of the early Sentai and Super Sentai. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not using that as a criticism. I'm just kind of telling you the facts, right? But, but I mean... Dude, I yeah, I got a kick out of the 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 computer boys and girls club. Like like I thought that was hilarious. Like I I enjoy, you know, like you said you're watching like kind of like the the crazy battles and all this other kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, you know, I I mean, I guess if you think about it, like Go Ranger, they kicked around a fucking hacky sack soccer ball to blow people up, right? Like so I guess throwing a hula hoop at somebody isn't that I mean that that kind of seems to come out of the the original franchise right like that they 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 did stuff like that before i mean we may sit here and go oh that's weird like you know uh you know throwing a hula hoop as a as a weapon but then if you were throwing a soccer ball as a weapon too i mean it doesn't seem that far-fetched right like because if if that ball is a big attack then then i guess so too can this you know fanciful hula hoop that that blows stuff up can be a fanciful attack too or or capture people or or what have you so like i don't i i guess in that context it's not that far-fetched or at least it's got there there's historical precedent for for what they're doing here even though when, when, when you're far enough removed from that original history like it definitely seems like out of the blue, but if you sort of if you sort of trace it back, like I I, I think there's going to be elements of that in Five Man too, where I point to things and go, this is what that you know the, the historical precedent reminds me of, and and so if you look back at those things, it's like yeah, it, it, it's been a few years and maybe it, it got a little far away from that. So when you're looking at it, you're kind of going, oh, this this hula hoop thing's kind of weird. But if you if you say like, oh, but you know before they did it with a soccer ball, then you're like, well, okay, that's not that's not that far off, right? Do you have anything else concerning Goggle 5? Um, 
oh, that's kind of what I wanted to get at. And I, I, I it might be true of both, but Go- Goggle Robo, like the, the actual mecha to me, like I, I feel like it's very machine robo looking, you know, like almost like if they made, yeah. if they made like Phytor from the GoBots, a, a Super Sentai mech. So I, 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 I don't know that there's that much more to it than that, but I, I did just kind of want to voice like that. That's what I thought of when they, when they, you know, fight the bad guy in this and, and go to that, you know, moment in the, you know, the, the, the kind of stock moment in the, the show where it's like, okay, it's time to suit up and, and fight these guys. It was like, oh, it was like the Power Rangers jumped into Fightor or like even, um, what do they call those? The, the, the power suits or whatever, like, like that kind of thing where you're like, oh yeah, this, this, to me, it seemed like GoBots or Machine Robo or something like that. And that, that was something that I thought of when, when they, you know, had their final showdown, you know, in the, in the episode. But yeah, other than that, I think, uh, I think those are my thoughts on the, the Goggle 5 episode. I, I think, I think I would, I, I, I would watch more of this, but I, w- like I said, I would not, I would not try to uh, binge it or, or force myself to get yeah. through it quickly. I would just kind of, like you're saying, maybe watch an episode a day or maybe watch a few and then, you know, wait a little while, you know, maybe next week, you know, watch some more or something like that. So would you like to move on to Five Men? Yes, let's move on to Five Men. Five Men, episode 27, If You Sleep, You Die, originally aired August 31st of 1990. And again, the very simple synopsis I stole from the Morphing Grid says, A galactic warrior assassin attacks five men in their dreams, with damage taken being felt in the real world. So again, this is like another like reoccurring trope. Like this is the, you know, a dreams can hurt you episode, yeah, or, yeah. you know, like nightmares come to life kind of thing. And I know we kind of watched a something similar like a year or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, you know, you know, me, the, the, one of the uh, biggest uh, nightmare on Elm street, Freddy Krueger fans and, and the parallels <laughs> there are again, really, really obvious. You know, you've got Gaku, right? Like, like he, oh. he, he's the one who has the dream. So it's like, it's like basically Gaku's having the dream. And it's like, if, if Freddy Krueger was, was like a giant grasshopper cockroach, like that, that, that would be the, the, the crux of the episode like like he, he brings him into this dream world and he sees like all these like christian graves of like yeah. the the rest of the cast and everything and so he's he, obviously he is he is uh, taken aback by all that and then and then the the thing that's very freddy krueger-esque is when the cockroach grasshopper freddy thing like uh, cuts him on the arm in the dream, when, when they finally manage to get him to wake up, he's also wounded once he wakes up. And then, and then that, you know, that same thing happens to some of his teammates as well. So it's like, and that, that to me just, you know, screamed like Nightmare on Elm Street type stuff, you know, and it, it's like, I, I, I think, I think that's part of the reason why I got really into this and everything. Like, I, I, I think I enjoyed this probably a lot more than I did the, the goggle five episode. Like I, 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 I don't know. I just think it was for me, it was easy to watch. And maybe, like I said, that's cause I had seen maybe a dozen or so episodes before. So I, I, I didn't feel quite as lost in, in this show as maybe, you know, me trying to 
quickly catch up for for the Goggle Five, which I had never seen any of until we decided to to talk about it and everything. And and then and then I think the notion that like they are family, like that 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 I don't know, like for some reason that just you know, it, I, to me, it made more sense why they were all together. And maybe that's a, an easy out, essentially, like that, that, you know, okay, that's fine. They're together because they're family. But I just thought, you know, that that made the most sense to me, you know, just because the, 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 the level of concern they show for one another seems genuine and earned and doesn't seem kind of like just a bunch of randos who are athletes, like, you know, thrown together by freaking Dr. Z kids or whatever, you know, like, like to me, it seems a little more legit, I guess. So I know like off air, like you were asking me about the reputation of this series, mm. like within the fandom. And what I was telling you is like, for, for some reason, like this seems to be not that well regarded. Huh. I mean, I'm not like entrenched in the Sentai fandom. Like I'm not on message boards or anything, but like, just like seeing other fans talk on Twitter and discussions they have, like, this always seems to be rated like towards the bottom, and like I, like I don't understand that. Like I've watched all of Five Man. I think it's a really solid series. Like I liked watching it. It was you know it was fun to watch. Uh, nothing about it like made me want to tear my hair out or anything. So like I don't, I don't get why it has that reputation. At least like what I've read, like you know discussions on like Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would. I mean. I guess I would share your surprise because honestly, like I, I almost feel like I was, I don't know, like not led astray, but I, I, I feel like there's a little more to the story than just like, understandably Jetman is extremely good. It follows this. It, it is groundbreaking in super Sentai with the story structure and, and, and how it approached telling a story, but I feel like this being the precursor to it, like I, I think you might expect it to be abysmal. And I, I think it's almost like the opposite. It's like, it, it's kind of like reading a, a Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster creation before you read Superman. It's like Dr. Occult doesn't suck. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's almost fascinating and you can see aspects of, of the potential that would be Superman later in their previous attempts at creating things that are, but that they're just not quite there yet, but, but it's still really good. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of, I don't know, that that's kind of what I felt about this, where I felt like this was really engaging. And, and I, I, I maybe, like I said, maybe I'm biased and I like, you know, this is my sweet spot for, for super Sentai, like right around, you know, it's like, I think what it's like, this and and Jetman and then you know pretty soon after like I don't know the, the, I think after that what, what do you get into after that like the G Ranger Ranger right so it's like it's it's almost hitting that like Die Ranger you know all the you know mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of for for me hitting that sweet spot of stuff I really enjoy watching and and to I guess like that's I don't know to me that's surprising because I, I feel like it's just a it's like a really good prequel or, or precursor of, of what's to come. And yeah, they don't have all the nuts and bolts figured out in this show. Like you said, it's not, it's not as groundbreaking as Jetman is, but I feel like there's like the kernels of it, you know, like, so I'm like, I'm, I don't know, like that, that does, that does kind of 
shock me that, you know, the, the, the fandom or, or, you know, whatever we're, uh, observing as the fandom, you know, they, they, they are not as fond of this, you know, maybe, but then, you know, I mean, we, we don't always agree with everything that is the popular yeah. uh, prevailing fan opinion or whatever. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you and I will, we'll always support like, you know, go on and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's not like that's it never been questioned or anything. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I don't take offense to it or anything like that, but I, I do find it kind of interesting because as far as I could tell you, like I, I was, I was engrossed and engaged by this episode and I enjoyed it a lot. And, and I, you know, the, the episodes I did watch before this, I didn't rewatch them or anything, but I mean, I remember enjoying it. I just, you know, like with a lot of these shows, you kind of get sidetracked or distracted and, you know, I just, I, I, and I think maybe at the time my excuse was, I think only so many of them had been subtitled. So I think at the time I probably mm, watched okay. as many episodes of this as there were subtitled. And then, th- then, you know, there weren't that many after that. And then, and then, you know, in waiting for it, then that's when I got sidetracked and moved on to other things and kind of forgot about it, but not, not because I, I disliked it or anything. It was just cause, you know, maybe it took a while for things to get fan subbed or whatever. And I think, isn't this getting a, um, isn't this getting like an official release from shot factory? I think so. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I guess maybe that's notable cause then this would be one of those releases that wouldn't really have any, you know, I mean, I, I think the main selling point originally was like, see, you know, see the original show that inspired Saban's power Rangers, but this would be, a release of something that, you know, did not necessarily, you know, that, well, it did not inspire, you know what I mean? It, it, this was never turned into a Power Rangers series essentially is I guess what I'm getting at. And so that's, that's kind of unique as far as, you know, us getting material over here, you know, like it, it usually the selling point was to, to tell people, Hey, this is, this is the original series that, you know, adapted into the Power Rangers. If you're curious about what Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was based on, here's this show, you know, Jew Ranger, and and check that out. But this this obviously predates that, so you 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 can't really use that as the selling point. So I have a wait what question for you. Like, there's a sequence in this where the five man, you know, they're like, oh, you can't go to sleep. The you know, what's thing. Kamakilagan, he will get you on your sleep. Right, right, like, right. You got to stay awake. Don't fall asleep. And then they're like running through the park or something, and they they transform and they fight the bad guys. Yes. And then they get hit with the sleeping gas and they fall asleep. How did they fall asleep? They're wearing helmets. Did the gas seep through the helmet? I don't know. You know what? You know what I was gonna. I, don't know, but you, you, I just thought that was really weird. You know what I was gonna ask you about was when they're. I think this is when they're in the dream sequence, but then little stuffed animals of them are watching themselves in the dream sequence and okay. cheering them on. Okay, I, I can explain okay. this. Um, so they did an episode where basically they had these little five-man plushies and they were alive. And I'm sure you could tell, like, the only reason they really did that episode was to sell five-man plushies. Of to course. Kids. But for some reason... They kept doing these little cutaway segments of the five-man plushies, and they did this for, in my, my opinion, too many episodes. So, like, you know, what you see in this episode, you see, like, the five men struggling, and they cut away to, like, 
the five man plushies and they're just like, you know, Gambaray, you know, five red, you know, you can do right, it, right. You know, keep doing it, you know, whatever. Like, that's pretty much what you see for like the next, I don't know, 10 ish episodes. They're just like, you're in an episode, five men struggling, you cut to the five man plushies and they're just like, you know, Gambaray, you know, you can do it, you know, whatever. And it, it just, I don't know. I don't know why they kept doing that. I mean, other than to like push these little, you know, plush dolls or whatever, but like it's really, I don't know. It interrupts the flow of the episode, mm. and it's. I mean, I mean, I know this is for kids, but th- there's some stuff when you're watching this, and you're just like, uh, maybe this is a little too silly. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, but I, knew, I, you, I knew you would have questions about I, that. Well, I mean, I, I guess in the context of this, like being in a dream world, like I, I, I tried to mm. rationalize it as like. That okay. that was them watching them in this dream world. But if you're saying this happens repeatedly and it doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with the dream sequence, then then yeah, then I could see where that would get kind of weird, tired, and or old after a while. If just randomly for no reason, you 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 were constantly cutting back to these you know plush interpretations of your cast cheering themselves on essentially like for 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 lack of a better interpretation i mean i know it's not them per se but it's like these visualizations that represent them or cheering themselves on and you're like you know it'd be like if we were doing the podcast and there's little plushes of you and me going you guys can do it guys like let's go and if it's like a blue cupcakes episode (laughs) you're like oh yeah well it's it's weird right like like so yeah there's going to be little plushes of of Justin and Derek, like, cheering themselves on, like, during the show. But then if it's just a standard episode, or even this, if it's a Fright Fest episode, right? Like, you're just like, well, wait a minute. Like, why why are they doing that? And it's like, I mean, ultimately, your answer is to sell plushies. But, you know, the, 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 the in-context version, I guess, maybe wears thin after a while, right? Like, because what you're saying is at some point they... They established this, but then they just kept coming back to it, kind of like like uh-huh. they were reusing the same, you know, two-minute SNL sketch over and over and over again. And, and by the time it gets to a certain point, it's so far removed from the original sketch, you're you're kind of like, well, wait a minute, what is this all about? Like, why are why are they randomly splicing to this all of a sudden? Like, like unless you you had the context of when they were first introduced. Um, Sometimes I feel like I need a little plushie of me saying, Gambare, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I thought was funny was, okay, this is this is what I was kind of getting at earlier with uh, reference to, like, why things are the way they are, and, and sometimes it gets so far removed from the original concept that it gets lost or whatever, but, so, so you've got the guy who looks like Baymax from Big Hero 6 on the bad guy side, and he's the enlarging beast Gorlin like Uh so so his whole deal is he absorbs the galactic warrior that gets defeated and then he becomes the larger version of it so this is the Mm -hmm. in canon story explanation right and again kind of like what I loved about Battle Fever J and, and going back to the original Super Sentai like to me I always thought it was insane in Power Rangers I'm like wait so you blew a guy up and then he grows bigger. And I'm just kind of like, but you blew him up. 
Like, how does he grow bigger if you already blew him up? And, like, you know, in the Battle Fever J, it's like there's a twin and that kind of notion. And then in this, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. You can blow him up, but then this this other Baymax-looking dude absorbs whatever's left and becomes, like, the large version. So it's not the same guy, you know? And so, like, that was something that I always, like, took to heart in these Super Sentai versions where I'm like, oh, like, See context. I'm like context, people. It, it's wonderful, you know. <laughs> so I actually understand, like, because that that always used to bug me when you know. And of course, I I got to be honest. I was never a kid when I was watching Power Rangers. I was like, what, like in fucking high school or something. So you know. So I was like sitting there going, wait. So they blow up and then they grow big. But I'm like, you can't grow big if you're blown up, you know. Like so. Anyway, so that was always me. So I I, I love I love watching these old. Super Sentai shows and, and, and hearing the in-story explanation. And, and what's cool about it is it varies from show to show. So this is like another one where like, yeah. oh, ooh, ooh, there's another explanation. I'm like, the Baymax guy, he, he, he sticks this guy in his mouth and then he becomes the big version. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm on board for that. Like, I'm, I'm behind that. Like, that makes total sense. For a while there in the 80s, their explanation was like they would have like a little sidekick monster and he would like shoot a beam at them and they would grow big even though they had been destroyed hmm. yeah so I, I i definitely appreciate those moments and everything and and, and like i said i mean i i probably uh i probably waxed the show's car or whatever much to the chagrin of the <laughs> the fan base who is 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 uh you know wrenching in their their seats if they're listening going what are you crazy like the show ain't that great but I mean, I I did enjoy it, so and I I had a good time watching it. And I I I feel like I'm more likely to to complete watching this than I am Goggle Five, and that's not to say I wouldn't complete watching Goggle Five. I'm just saying I I think I could get through Five Man a lot faster because because I feel like the the pace of the the episodes and like you said, it's not they're not as long and all that other stuff and it just it's I don't know. To me it seems like it's smooth. It's like it's like, yeah, it's both alcohol, it's both gonna get you drunk, but this is like this uh what is it like, you know, expensive, you know, cavassier where you're like, Oh man, that <laughs> went down smooth and I'm like, Five man like went down smooth. So I think I think that's that's gonna be my final word on five man. Plus in five man you have five pink and five yellow. Yeah. Like I said, it went down smooth. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Dirk, where can people find us on the internet? Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, angry, angry emails, you can send us angry emails at fanhallspodcast at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed Sentai Saturdays and uh, like you're like uh, Snoopy the dog and you want to find out more, um, you can go back to the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com and check out all the backlog of our Super Sentai episodes uh, or Sentai Saturdays episodes. And in addition to Sentai Saturdays, we've got all kinds of spinoff shows. We've got Transformers Tuesdays, Toku Thursdays, Mobile Suit Mondays. We've got Big in Japan where we talk about anime. We've got Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them? where we talk about comics. Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, which is a Thunderbolts podcast. And, of course, the Fanholes podcast proper. You can, of course, check out the backlog of all those episodes. And, and of course, we're doing our ongoing Fanholes Fright Fest month. So this is throughout the whole month of October. If you've been sticking around with us this whole month, um, you know, you're, you're, you'll, you'll get uh, another episode um, 
I'm like, you'll get another episode, uh, you know, next week. And, and so, uh, we hope you check out all the, uh, the Fright Fest segments. If that's your, if that's your jam, you know, Halloween and spooky stuff. Oh yeah. And we can be, uh, see, what do I got to say? We, we can be, uh, streamed on Stitcher Radio. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. And we can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, retweets, feedback that we receive. And yeah, and until the next time, this is going to be Derek. Derek WC, signing off. This is Justin, signing off. I'll be seeing you in your dreams. Oh no! Oh no! Ah! Derek Chen, you can do it. Keep fighting. Yeah, that's what we need. We need to, to commission uh, fan hall plush dolls of all of us so that they can cheer <laughs> cheer ourselves on when we're when we're on air. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? Uh. So, five yellow and five black, they're twins, but in real life, like, they're married. I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Oh, my God.